Hello, hello, hello. I'm your host, Nikki C. And welcome to another episode of Life Got in the Way, a podcast that is dedicated to growing, learning, and achieving our lifelong goals. Today's special guest is Aaron Smith. Born in Appleton, Wisconsin, Aaron Smith started singing Elvis professionally when he was about 21 or 22. His earliest memory of doing Elvis impersonations was when he was five years old. He used to entertain his parents in the living room by singing into a pencil, pretending it was a microphone. Aaron performs locally in his hometown of Appleton at a place called the Deja Vu Martini Lounge alongside a live band. You all ready to learn more about Aaron? All right, let's go. happy that you could join us. Thank you for having me, Nikita. It's a pleasure to be on the program. Haven't had my caffeine this morning. <laughs> or afternoon. <laughs> afternoon. Oh, my Lord. It's, it's all good. It's all good. We are here <laughs> and in the building. Speaking of in the building, I hear Elvis may be in the building. <laughs> so today, yes, we are, yes. um, I just want to thank you so much, Aaron, for coming on the show. Um, this show, as you know, is called Life Got in the Way. And a lot of times we talk about, you know, how different things in life can get in the way of us accomplishing our goals. Or I like to talk to people who, in spite of things that they have going in their life, have still managed to, you know, continue to pursue their goals, to reach their goals, and to continue striving for even things even better and beyond that what they even intended to do in the beginning. So I just want to say thank you for coming. And um, before we kind of get into- Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And before we get a little deep into how life got in the way, give us a little background about you. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell the audience. Absolutely. Absolutely. I should say listeners because I don't have an audience. Listeners. (laughs) Listeners. The people out there in in audio land. The audio audio people. (laughs) Audio people. Um, I'm an autistic Elvis tribute artist. I am 26 years old. I've been doing Elvis for about four years. And um, I've been, you know, I've always loved music. So music helped me through a lot of hard times. Um, I grew up in Appleton, Wisconsin, where it's cold in the winter. Shocking. And, um, you know, in the early years, had a little bit of a rough time just because, you know, growing up in a small town, people don't understand people who are who are who are different, let alone someone with with a disability or or who looks different. Um, So I I dealt with a lot of bullying, but that, I think, pushed me to advocate for other people. So, okay, All right. So you mentioned that you are 26. So Mm -hmm. um, last time I 
thought about you know Elvis um and the group in this the you know the time frame that he was in I don't think 26 so what as in your age group what made you decide to become an Elvis impersonator I would have to say I watched a lot of the movies and I just got so infatuated with his voice and the stage where the stage where I love fashion so seeing that 70s fashion it was the fashion and 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 how versatile his music was in the in the in the 70s late 60s early 70s uh, especially the other thing was how much of an advocate he was for civil rights in the 60s and 70s as well awesome yes he was he was a, definitely an activist for the time period now you mentioned that you have autism can you give the listeners a little bit more information about what is autism or your um your specific autism and then the, in the spectrum and things like that just so we can have a you know a better understanding in relation to your connection to autism absolutely absolutely um it is a spectrum there are a lot of individuals in in the united states and and in in other countries as well that struggle with this um the, you know the stereotype is you need to be have headphones on or you need to be by yourself. I'm higher functioning, so I can, you know, do a lot of things and, and any normal person would do, go to the store, um, shop, job interviews, drive, um, that sort of thing, learn how to drive. Um, I do need a little help when it comes to certain skills, but not nearly as much as somebody with with low functioning where they would need you know a little more assistance um socially that can be a challenge at times because sometimes i don't have a filter but i would have to say i was blessed because probably 99.9% of my life i can function with a uh, uh, medium amount of assistance and day-to-day life okay you mentioned you know the social aspect of it so being in the world that you're in as entertainer, what are some of the challenges that you face dealing with that based on some of the symptoms that you've had to, I know you said you're high functioning, but based mm-hmm. on like your, your um, situations or your issues with um, the social cues that you, that um, sometimes can prove prob- uh, problematic for you, how has it been being an entertainer Cute, uh, socialization and things like that. What are cues, some of you're right. Yes. Yeah, okay. Social cues. How has it either hindered or how have you worked around that dealing with, with your autism? I would have to say um, I get nervous before a concert and, and, and I, you know, routine is a big thing with people with autism. And, and, and if that routine gets disrupted, uh, you know, that anxiety is through the roof for, for, he or she or certain individuals. But I would have to say, you know, being on stage, I like being on stage because I'm slipping into a character. I'm not myself. So I'm more comfortable with slipping into that Elvis mode or that character, if you will. But off stage, uh, you know, before the show, maybe 15 minutes before I go on stage, it's nervous if I'm playing somewhere different because I don't know the audience and how I'm going to be received. Even though they're Elvis fans, it's, it's, a, it's a first time and it's like, well, they haven't seen me before. So there's a little bit of that versus playing in my hometown um, when you have a, a crowd and a fan base that's, that's familiar with you um, versus going to a place that 
basically are expecting to be you expecting you to be at par and just as good as Elvis, if not better. So that pressure is is what triggers the anxiety and a lot of other things too, but definitely the pressure of feeling like you have to be good enough or or up to the way that that the fans are expecting you to be. Okay. Yes, I get that. Um that's that's a hard act to follow. So I I will say listeners can't see you, but you you are rocking the hair and the uh, scarf. You have it down packed. And I was like, I feel like I'm talking to (laughs) to the man himself. So I think that that's awesome. Well, thank you very much. Maybe I appreciate it. Hot damn. And I love that you can you're doing the impression, but you still have the essence of you (laughs) shines out. So I think that that's cool because I've seen some impressions where it's like like a Michael Jackson impression and it's just it never turns off. (laughs) It's like, where where are you within this? It's the ego. Yeah. Some of them have those egos, whereas the minute they walk off the stage, they still think they are that person definitely because it is like okay okay turn it off now this is this is a this is a performance (laughs) oh gosh so um so you were diagnosed um with asperger's right well how old were you when you when you got your diagnosis and um how did it kind of not knowing and learning about it how did that shape your life At a young age, I was diagnosed. And I think when you're young, you don't always understand. So the hard part was going to the doctors and like with my parents taking me, you know, and and working with different medications and and that sort of thing. It was, I guess, different, but it shaped me to be more accepting of different people. But at a young age, I felt different because not only was I bullied or targeted, if you will, but um, it, it was difficult because, uh, you know, I didn't have a lot of friends and I always wondered why people weren't wanting to be my friend or what, why the other kids got picked in a sport or, or why I would be getting in trouble for things. Like I'd be like, when I didn't have that filter, it's like, well, I didn't know I couldn't say that or like that sort of thing. So like right. learning those social pieces was extremely difficult because it's like, I felt like, sometimes the school districts didn't understand. It's like, you know, and my counselor and my mom and my dad were always like, you can't punish him because he doesn't even know why he's being punished. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, and I hated that people didn't understand that aspect of it as you have to teach him in a way that you can't teach like you would a normal room of, of students. You can't teach him that way. You have to teach him individualized learning so he'll understand it because he's not going to understand it if you teach it in, in cookie cutter form. Right, exactly. Um, I think that we're in a a better state now because we we under we're understanding things a little bit more. So as you know, as time progresses, that's one of the things that is that I've noticed is that we're 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 starting to include these. these situations and understanding how students learn and process information Mm -hmm. and that there's no one size fits all when it comes to learning. And that we're gone from the days when they're writing on the chalkboard. And like I have um, in one of my classes, I had a student who um, had autism and had really had the sensory. And so, you know, Yeah. So sensory sense. So, you know, the student came to me at the beginning and was like, look, I can't stand the sound of chalk. 
touching the blackboard. And I was like, you know what? I don't like the feeling of chalk. So we bonded over this. I don't want to use it <laughs> either. It. So let's, you know what? How about I won't, I hate writing on the board anyway. So if it bothers you, it's bothering right. me. Let's just do power and we'll just, we will figure Ooh, it out. I like that. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, you just have to learn to adapt and you want to, um, you know, if my student has to, you know, there's some students that do have to wear the headphones or, you know, yep. I want, you know, you want to yep. create an environment that's comfortable where students can come and tell you like, Hey, if I, I have my headphones on. It's not that I'm not paying attention. It's just, it helps me focus. And I have no problem with that. You know, um, of students that and I like they, that you said that a lot of teachers when I was growing up did it was because mm-hmm. I would have to listen to music while mm-hmm. I was studying or or writing a paper that sort of thing and they wouldn't let me because they're like it's you're not no it's not that if you t- give me the instructions and then let me put my music in I will focus better and you will get a better paper rather than hearing all the pencils and paper and everybody, you know, I said, it's not that I'm not listening to you. I said, that's just, this is how my brain works. And back then it was like, oh, you're just trying to use it so you can listen to music and be on your phone, like that sort of thing. And it's like, no. Yeah. And I think, and then I think when you really give students that opportunity or just people in general to just operate um, in their comfort, then you, you will get a better product. You'll get students that are more engaged. You'll get students who are really listening. Maybe they may not have said much. Like sometimes I'll get a student that'll talk to me after class and say all these great things that they didn't say in the class. That was but, me. That was me. <laughs> and we'd have this great discussion. Class is over. But I, I, I took that in because, you know, this is their way of participating and being a part of it. And they were present. And, and that's so important. And engaged. Exactly. And they're engaged. So I, I, you know, it's, 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 it's unfortunate that you had to go through the things that you, the challenges that you experienced while you were in school and not really understanding, but I do appreciate that we're growing and we're learning more about how we process information and how we, you know, and then there's something that is even spilling into the workforce as well. So we're, we're learning Absolutely. to, to, to adapt and, and to, to just understand that, you know, there's like, like I said, there's not this one size fits all. So, all right. So back to um, you as the entertainer. Now you mentioned that you have done, you know, it was come, sometimes. me. <laughs> right. You mentioned, that, <laughs> you mentioned that, that you have had the opportunity of traveling um, or, you know, you go to different places. So where, where are some of your, uh, places that you've uh kind of places that you've been that you were just this this particular field has had an opportunity to take you memphis tennessee has to be my top probably my top because obviously elvis and memphis and graceland and oh yeah music capital thing, like music capital memphis and i got this year i was actually fortunate enough to go with my best friend um sebastian he also he travels with me but he'll also do security for me um, and, and as a, as an autistic entertainer, that sense of normalcy really helps to have someone there who, who knew you before you were a thing. And then Definitely. that knows your, your stuff and knows your moods and whatever. Um, we went to Nashville and we went to Florida and I got to sing a little bit in Miami, Florida, and that was fun. And then we went to Nashville and that was, that was fun as well. Um, 
Memphis. Memphis was great. I'd still have to say Memphis and Memphis and Nashville are the top, the top two places. Um, I was in uh, Louisville, Kentucky um, this year as well. And, you know, it was just so wonderful because it just shows that how Elvis is like an icon, an American icon. And everywhere you go, everybody, gay, straight, black, white, trans, everybody knows who he is. And, and a lot, I was actually surprised in some of the mixes in the audience, the diversity of the audience and the people that, that know who he is and is, are into his music and are, are in their 20s and, 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 and liking that sort of uh, pop culture of it, if you will, and, and that it, you know, it gives me great hope and uh, to know that his legacy won't be forgotten. But Florida was great that I, I still can't get used to the heat, though. Still couldn't get used to <laughs> the heat down there. That's a different type of heat. It's the, I think it's it's the heat and the humidity, because I remember like I've never it's very rare that I feel like I'm going to pass out. But I remember being out there one year and I was I think with, it was one of those restaurants like Rain Cafe. Um, Rainforest oh, yeah, Cafe where it's one. like right indoor yeah. outdoor type thing yeah, yeah yeah and then it was already this weird humidity and it was so many people and it was just like oh my gosh i feel and then sick. they have that mist they have the mist yeah and the, the mist thing is going on oh this is just it was which doesn't help the humidity at all not at all not at all i was like i can't do this um and then you get in there and the food isn't it <laughs> i was like no, i did all I've never been. i waited in line for this Right. It's like, oh, I could have went to old country buffet and got done in 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> right. Oh, my goodness. Oh, so I can't believe I, that you said rank forest cafe, though, because my buddy, the one that I travel with always wants to go there. He, he loves <laughs> and I've never been I've been in one. But like so the one we wanted to go to in Chicago closed. So like he's like, next time we're on the road in the summer, we have to go to one of these. He's yeah. like, we need to do Rainforest Cafe and we need to go to a Hooters. And I'm like, got your priorities in check, I see. <laughs> so on the road again. There's always, <laughs> he'll find it. He'll find a way to get to one of those places. Um, Absolutely. So I, I, I just love this idea of, you know, you being so young and you have this, this old school style, right? Um, you know, these this is a man who was iconic in like the fifties and sixties. So I, but you know, me being me being me, I appreciate that because I loved the golden years. I was really big on like the Motown era and just, just, oh my even the doo-wop. I was a doo-wop person. I was just like, why don't, why don't we have guy groups that just stand on the corner and go, <laughs> you know, I was like, that would have been after Set my me own free, heart. why don't you, babe? Right? Just, I was like, we should just all have groups and yes. we should just get it going. And, I, and that's why I'm thankful for TikTok because I can still have those moments because there's still some pockets of groups where they get together and they sing songs like that. So I That's my guilty pleasure. My favorite, my guilty pleasure was even when I'm doing Elvis, singing to my my hairbrush and and my favorite Supreme wasn't Diane. I heard, mm. I've heard things about Diane. Diane <laughs> apparently was not the nicest of the girls. And my favorite Supreme was Miss Mary Wilson. I oh, loved Mary Wilson. Yes. Miss yes. Wilson. <laughs> and, and I loved her. And so I, everybody, I would always joke when, you know, everybody's like, Oh, I want to be Diane or I want to be the one mill. 
girl, I want to be Mary, honey. Remember that <laughs> thing at the awards? Remember the award show? It was a while back. I'm, I think it, I would have been way too young to remember it, but I saw it on YouTube where it's Whoopi Goldberg and she dresses up mm-hmm. as Mary Wilson and everybody yes. thought she was Diana Ross. And she goes, mm-hmm. honey, I want to be Mary. <laughs> I love that. I remember that. She had like the sequence. Uh, and the, the yeah, sequence the wig. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Honey, you thought I wanted to be the pretty thing in the middle? Please, girl, I don't want to be that. As Florence said, thin may be in, but honey, fat is where it's fat. And I want to be Mary. <laughs> Oh, yes. Shout out to, man, Mary Wilson. Great, 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 great artist. She is the one of the one. She is one of the legends. And I Mm -hmm. actually she did. She was on a lot of talk shows. uh, Not recently because she passed away, um, which is so sad and so unbelievable. But she was on a lot of talk shows and she did a show. And I actually sent her an email because I wanted to, you know, when they say like your bucket list or the people you want to talk to. I sent her an email. I want to say maybe a month or two before she passed. And I w- I wanted to her to do like a like we're doing right now because she did like the interviews and stuff. I oh, said I would wow. love to talk to her. So I sent her an email and when I found out she passed, I just remember waking up going, well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Death. True. True. Because <laughs> I loved her. I, I'm very yes. crass with my sense of humor. And mm-hmm. I think that's why I like her. Because watching yeah. her on these interviews, when she would do these, she was Mary Wilson, but she also would get funny she never was yeah, like she was Diane. she wasn't bitchy like diane she would she was herself mm-hmm. i agree i agree I've, she was always one of my um favorite uh members of the and uh, you know a lot of people don't give 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 love to sing no, the song i love her too yes i, I, yes, I, I guess it's kind of like that's kind of like how i was with the like destiny child like everybody was like oh beyonce i was like well you know mm-hmm. i really like michelle and kelly they were kind of more my yeah favorite. yeah <laughs> kelly wrote yes yeah, kelly Rowland can sing yeah she's really good and um and it's no no i want the the beehive to come for me it's no diss to um that but it's kind of like that i don't want to say rooting for the underdog but you know, because you're going to, this person over here, they're going to always have that light. They're going to always get their flowers. They're going to, the spotlight will always be on them. But sometimes I like to look right. to the left and to the right and, and see those other people who are a part of this, this, you know, they were part of this dynamic. Uh, they were know. part of her journey. Yeah, they were part of the journey. And sometimes you just have people on either side of you that are a part of the journey. And speaking of being a part of the journey, what are um, some people that have really kind of influenced you um, uh, beyond, of course, uh, Elvis, but have um, in in your everyday life has really encouraged and inspired you to continue to pursue your passion? You know, there's actually a a, a lady who helps me when it comes to like my uh, uh, like independent living skills training and that sort of thing. Um, she, uh, I don't think she gets the amount of credit that she should, but, uh, her name is Brooke Olson and she is a, one of the best inspiring, I guess, strong, there's not, and this isn't me kissing up. I just, I'm trying to find all the words that could like describe her because she's gone through her own stuff and relationships and, and, and Mm -hmm. her life. Like I have, we all have challenges and things that kind of, uh, eat at us or, we go through, but no matter what she's going through, she always has a positive attitude. She's always there to, you know, break that veneer with me and get me out of that. Like you said, that 
the show's over. It's time to be mm-hmm. you. She's always right? kind of to go, hey, you can turn it off now. You know, Aaron, it's Aaron time. Aaron's here now. Elvis which has I really left like. the building. Elvis <laughs> has left the building. Girl, if it was her, she'd be like, I quoting her. She always says, she goes, I'm going to keep it real with you. I'm going to tell you how it is. And if you don't like it, well, that's too bad because I'm not going to sugarcoat it to you because I got too much respect for you. Mm-hmm. So I would have to say her because she has said some things that not I don't like, but it's those people that you respect because, you know, she's going to tell you that helped. hard truth. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, oh <laughs> we've had a lot of those moments, <laughs> a lot of those moments, because, you know, uh, my mom passed away this year. And so um, that was difficult, but she was, she was there through that. Mm-hmm. And there's another lady, her name is Cindy, um, who works with me. The same thing, stuck through the, all the hard stuff and all, you know, these two people stuck through that and they gave me hope, but they also weren't afraid to push me a little bit. So that's, it's, it's inspiring to see people because I had so many people that would give up on me. So to see people who stuck with me was, was stuck with me. And it was inspiring because it's like, I don't think I could do what these two ladies do every day. And um, gosh, other than an entertainment level, I have to say my sister too. She was a very tough person to push me to be the best potential I could. She would always say, you can be better than this. You can do this. You just, cause I would just want to settle. And she said, don't settle. If you can go and do more, do more for yourself. You're capable of way much more. And that helped me realize that like, cause I always would say, I'm never going to go anywhere um, outside of my music. I I'm, don't fit in what have you. And so to have someone push me respectfully and just say, hey, you're, this is a rough spot, but we're going to get through it. That that really uh, was encouraging and it really helped because I didn't feel alone. And there were times where I felt so alone, um, like, uh, you know, like nobody understands me but me or, you know, that sort of thing. So those people and like my best friend, he is probably he's stuck with me through a lot, as all best friends do. We've had our fights. We've had our arguments but he's very he's let's just say he's not ignorant he's understanding that there's different people out there and everybody has their own has their own thing so he's not as judgmental which which really was a first for me because a lot of people who I guess were more acquaintances than friends were once they kind of broke through that shell of Aaron they saw me the real me and they did they were like oh yeah yeah they didn't stick with you they didn't like that or like yeah. they thought it was weird i don't know so so that would be extremely you know he's he's stuck with me we've been friends for about almost going on i want to say 7 years and you know he's stuck by me and stuck with me and very extremely encouraging to me as well in, in my music career and i think that i owe him a bit of a bit of gratitude i owe all these people a, a debt of gratitude because without, you know, those people that are coming along in my journey, mm-hmm. as we were talking about journeys, I don't right. think I would be where I am today without that encouragement, that, that those positive vibes of, of those good people. They always say you want good people in your corner. It doesn't have to be a big group, keep your group small, but they right. have good people, have good people in your corner. And so 
that that is 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 very i'm very blessed to have those people because not everybody with disabilities have a support system and and i think that's unfortunate it is it is and it's and i'm glad that you still have people around you who knew you before before you were you know successful or an entertainer because that's important whether and i love that you said that you you know you argue sometimes you fight that's that's friendship you know sometimes it it's it's not always rose petals and you know you know it's not always sometimes you have those rough spots but they're gonna always be there for you and that's that separates them from people who are um you know whether you're you know some people are there for you when you're just on top but then there's some people who are just always gonna just be there for you um and and I'm glad that you have that around you um, have those people because they say that it was that there's all t- there's, there's multiple people you need in your life you need the you need the cheerleader you need the 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 role mm-hmm. model you need the coach the co- you know you know that the, the coach the mentor yeah because the coach is going to talk to you differently than the person that used the mentor you know, the person that's the, the, the right. support system is going to talk to you differently than the cheerleader, you know? So it's just like all of these people, mm-hmm. they play a role in your life because the coach is like, I don't care about your feel. You need to get this done. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> get it done. That's what you, you can. You can put glitter on a turd, but it's still a turd. So get exactly. with it. Exactly. And then you have the cheerleader. I support you. You can do it. You can do it. But the coach is like, I'm not going to tell you, you already know you can do it. <laughs> what you need to do is get it done. So, you know, you just need those, <laughs> those people in your life. And so that's so good that, you know, that, that they're, they're around you, they're supporting you and that they're there for you. And they, cause they genuinely love and care. And, um, in this, uh, um, in this world, you need that, especially what we went through, like with the pandemic, I know me and you talked a little, well, oh my we didn't gosh. talk about it, but you talked about, um, when, when we you know, first reached out, that was extremely the- hard for me. Yeah. Because being an entertainer, I can only imagine what, how did you, how were you able to, um, navigate through the pandemic, um, with your, you know, not in your inability to be able to do, what you, you know, always were doing, which is entertainment on, on this, on this, you know, platform, how were you able to cope and navigate life differently? Well, (laughs) a lot of (laughs) reflecting time, let me tell you, (laughs) right? (laughs) A lot of self-reflection, a lot of of gym working out because, you know, you get the COVID weight. Um, (laughs) Oh Lord have mercy. There was definitely a lot of singing to my furniture, a lot of singing to my furniture, but the (laughs) furniture doesn't give you a response. It doesn't. Um, And there was just so much because I got thrown off and then I wasn't working. So it was hard because I just had so much downtime, but I also didn't have, I feed off of people. So not being able to be around people was like so hard. It was so hard. Like I love watching YouTube and Netflix. The routine. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. The routine. No, the routine got completely disrupted because now it's like I'm basically confined to my apartment and watching YouTube and like, that's it. Like I couldn't, I had one friend that would pop over, but like, I would be a little anxious because I'm like, have you been around people? You know, cause that anxiety you would wearing like your mask. Up. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, why are you peeping out me over? The- Let me in. I don't, where have you been? <laughs> 
No, exactly. Exactly. Like there was one time where like I, I he had to pick something up and I like left it outside my door. He's like, can I come in for a soda? And I'm like, uh, after your week in isolation, then you can come over. Absolutely. And, and he like, look at me. He's like, he looked at me like a jerk. I'm like, like with the chain on the lock going. <laughs> It, it it was that bad i mean we can laugh about it now but we were dead serious like i'm dead like i'm like people i'm like they was like i brought your hand sanitizer just just leave it at the door i'll come get it thank you for real that was me too like knock three times and then text oh. me when you're in your car like yeah so i can go up that's how we were getting our food i was still despite the i will say i really utilized uber i mean the, the uber eats and did you that all of that but it was it was i was like okay i'm I wear my mask they wear their mask they drop it off they stand two feet back i get it okay cool <laughs> it all works but see i'm a mcdonald yeah. i'm a mcdonald's junkie so i was fortunate mm-hmm. to have like mcdonald's by me so like I would like go with my buddy through the drive-thru and we'd have our little lunch dates. We'd eat and we'd sit and we'd talk. But the Uber nice. Eats thing, my buddy did a DoorDash. That's what he did to make a little oh, extra yeah. money. Yeah. DoorDash. Man, he Door- said he was really they busy. Killed those- it. Oh yeah. DoorDash, all of them, DoorDash and Grubhub, all of them, they were killing it during the pandemic because nobody's eating at a restaurant and I still wanted restaurant food. Right. <laughs> It and was, they're surprisingly faster than the delivery drivers. Yeah, because they get better tips. <laughs> you would you would be surprised when it's like, oh, you know, I can pick and choose what I want to go, where I want to go. Oh, they're gonna tip right there. Okay, I'm going. There. The neighborhood I want to be in. Okay, we're not doing this neighborhood over here. We're doing this. I one. can do. Yeah, I can do. I'm going over here, over the east side. I'm not going over there to the west side. But I don't have to go to the south side. I'm going right here. <laughs> this right is here. my side Stay. of town. And you can. There you go. There, and it pays for your gas too. So there you go. I just, my thing was, I said, I, I always wondered what the Uber Eats drivers in Hollywood. That's where I would want to be an Uber Eats driver <laughs> right? in Hollywood. Oh my God. Could you imagine the people they get to meet? Yeah. I was like, oh, I just dropped off this turkey burger for, for LeBron. <laughs> well, right? first off, you wouldn't even get that close to even see him. <laughs> but for the, uh, but it has to be pretty cool. You'd have a security guard going, thank you. Here you go. Right. Um, just, oh my gosh, just all of this, all of the, just, even though, you know, we did do the pandemic, just getting through it and we're on the, we know we're still going through some things, but we're still dealing. Yeah, we're still dealing, but we, you know, we got, we got through the other side. And I think that, you know, that shows, uh, our perseverance as, as people, but, well, you know, uh, and I, I, I think the other thing was mental health. You talk about mental health and yes. with the with the with the protests, the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, the George Floyd um, uh, scenario and, and the pandemic on top of that. It's like, you know, you picture stacks of paper. You're a teacher, stacks of paperwork mm-hmm. on your desk. That's yeah. how it felt. It felt it like felt, there was this and that. Was so and now, this. now that it's like I it can't. was take anymore i i can't deal with anything else it would get to the point where, you know we talked about how we have youtube and all this stuff i was following mm-hmm. i was like i can't watch the news i need to decompress right. i'm literally i have special like dog channels and 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 i think i funnel i followed this bunny rabbit like they they i'm like first off I, puppies I'm and kitties multiple, yeah i'm watching multiple episodes of Super Cooper Sunday or something with the, with the golden lab. I love it. <laughs> you know? The doggy Super Bowl. 
Yes, I was watching all of these things. Just stay mentally sane. <laughs> like, because I was, was, it was watching heavy. a lot of like 70s sitcoms, old school, like the Mary Tyler Moore show, Rhoda, oh. the Jeffersons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That yeah was, I just got that into that. Time. So much. All right. So before we go, I like to do what we call the, um, the, the, no, the, the, the random round of uh, questions where I usually ask like two or three questions um, randomly, just so that uh, the audience can kind of get to know the guest a little bit. So <laughs> what is your favorite movie of all time? And what is your favorite go-to meal that you would like to eat while you watch it? Oh, this is a tough one. I would have to say, oh, this is hard. I would probably have to say either Elvis, That's the Way It Is, or Beverly Hills Cop, the first one. Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love with Eddie Murphy. Yeah. I love, love Eddie it. Murphy. Me too. Love, so love him. And I can't do the laugh, but I love that laugh. It, <laughs> Yeah, whatever. That yeah, is. I'll, I'll probably sound like I'm passing. Out. They were like, "Are you okay?" I was like, "No, I'm trying to do that." Anyway. Girl, you need some water, honey. You need some water over there. I'll help you. Um, and my food. Oh gosh, I love a good shrimp Alfredo. Oh, I love chicken Alfredo. I can't eat shrimp, so I have to go chicken. No, uh, yeah, I like chicken. You know, oh yeah, I just. You know, and my my family members and people would make fun of me because everywhere I go. And I'd order something and they were like, what do you want? I was like, oh, I love this. Uh, can I get the chicken Alfredo? They was like, really? You come all and this is what you get? Why thing, do you get chicken thing. Alfredo everywhere we same go? Thing. I was like, because you just don't know. Maybe you'll find the right chicken Alfredo. It's the sauce. Spot. The sauce. The sauce. Right. The sauce. Thank you. And and every every sauce? chicken Alfredo is not the same. But if I can find a good. No, chicken it's Alfredo, not. I'm okay. And that is going to be my go-to every time I go to that restaurant. You know, I've been least... that way. Like we would go to Florida or whatever. And they'd be like, get something different. <laughs> like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> nah, I'm good. Cause I All don't right. want to do the time where I get something different. And then I and wasted then you... like 28. 20... Yeah. You don't yeah, eat all it. this money. And now I got to eat something different. Cause I listen to you. Meanwhile, you're having a great old time with your steak over there because <laughs> <laughs> you played it safe. <laughs> You did. You told me to try something different. You can have, or or the famous line, you can have some of mine. Yeah, no one ever. I never even say that out loud because I don't want to give you some of mine. (laughs) I once it's mine. That's the whole point of why I ordered it because I didn't order it to share with you. Well, I don't know if you felt when we were talking about favorite foods and I I love your, your vibe right now. You're very theatrical. I love it. What objects would you save from your burning house? Oh, that's hard. Uh, Probably uh, my trophies and some of my uh, Elvis memorabilia. I would have to say probably uh, my Elvis memorabilia and some and some of my trophies okay all right last one what is your morning ritual my morning ritual girl i don't think i have a morning ritual i have like a 12 o'clock one ritual but it's definitely waking up (laughs) waking up entertainer we live by night i swear that's why i could only do like a, a a third shift job 
because I'm so used to being up at night, but I would have to say I wake up, have a cup of coffee, turn on the news or the Golden Girls. Oh my God, I'm, I'm Blanche. It's okay. I love Blanche. <laughs> if I get to be her age and I could be a slut, well then I'll have it made. Thank you. Um, <laughs> hoping everything still works by that time. Um, but, (laughs) but I would have to say watching that, having a nice shower, nice hot shower while listening to either some jazz or some music, going to the gym. And then, yeah, that's usually the start of my day. Kind of get me, the gym usually helps me like we're groggy even after the coffee, but the gym definitely helps me kind of like get with it, get up, get with it. Get you all energized. Especially with the cold weather now, I find it harder and harder to get that fresh air. Yes, because you don't want to be freezing in your fresh air, but still. Oh, my God. (laughs) I've been out with some friends the last couple nights, and they always say when you you drink, you get warmer. Yeah, that's true. But, man, it just seems like it's getting colder and colder, and it seems like the cold is coming quicker. (laughs) Yes, we always we never go from just, you know, a nice nice summer ends and we go into fall we have fall for like a week especially now it's just like we went from fall to winter like I had to literally pull out my winter coat and hat and scarf and gloves yesterday yes well I I was I was at a um, a a night reading that you know couldn't be in the bookstore we had to be outside on the patio it was cold I was like, I was standing next to this heat thing and I'm trying to, you know, stay into it. The heat lamp. lamp. Yeah, the heat lamp. And I'm just, woo. I bought the book and I was like, they was like, they was like, you gonna stay for the book sign? I was like, I I can't, I can't, I can't. It's too cold. It's too cold. I'm just gonna go in. (laughs) But you know, you know, just yeah, so cold. But yes, um, I you should have said, girl, you should have said someone needs to organize this event at the Ramada or the Hilton inside. Then I'll stay for the signing. Yeah, but it was good. It was a really fun event. The, the speaker was phenomenal. And so that helped. That helped tremendously. But uh, I just want to thank you. Was Aaron. there a good crowd? Yeah, you know, it was it was it was a, a post COVID crowd where everybody could space out. You had your mask okay. on. And so it was good. So it was good. We were still, you know, people were still supportive. I think it probably would have been a little bit more if it had been indoors, but we couldn't have it indoors based on the policy of the the venue because you can't have too many people in okay. there at one time. So I was like, I get it. I get it. I'm okay with it. Um, but I just want to thank you, Aaron, for coming today. You have been a joy. I've had so much fun interviewing you and um. And thank you again for joining today. And if listeners want to get more information about you, where can they go? Okay, so if, uh, sorry, I'm like, um, they can go on my Facebook page, uh, Aaron's, I believe it's either Aaron Smith Elvis Tribute Artist or Elvis Tribute Artist Aaron Smith. I always say this because I always forget the way it's, I worded it um, on Facebook. And I do I that all the time. All of, you know, where you're wording something and you're sitting there going, what was it? Um, you can go on the Facebook page, Elvis Tribute Artist Aaron Smith, and I post my concert dates there. I have all my uh, shows when I get more shows um, mm-hmm. on there, and I, videos and pictures and, and that sort of thing on there. And they can send me an email on there as well. My email is on there. And 
and my phone okay. number, I believe, is on there. So they can contact me through there. I'm. St- I just want to thank everyone for joining. Tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. for a new episode, and remember to hit the subscribe button so that you won't miss an episode. And until we meet again, I'm your host Nikki C. And remember, it's time to get back to dreaming again. If not now, then when? <laughs>